today on the Av Podcast, the NFL Championship Weekend is here. I invite back South Sharaf family member Roger Callender as we discuss both the AFC and NFC Championship games between the Bills and the Chiefs and the Bucks and the Packers, respectively. Plus, we get into our best Deshaun Watson landing spots and we review the career of Philip Rivers, plus some more Trump. Then to wrap up the Av, I'm joined by the co-founder of the Skills Refinement Group, O'Neill Kamaka, as we share our Brooklyn Net thoughts on their team post-blockbuster trade. So I'm dedicating this show today to Jason Clark, who was a local football coach in the Toronto football community, and more importantly, um, he was a friend who passed away on Sunday. Uh, I was devastated by the news of his passing on Monday because I literally spoke to him maybe about three days before. Um, he passed away um, three days after we spoke, and honestly, it really threw me for a loop this week, um, and many others that knew him for sure. Rest in peace. Uh, my condolences to the Clark family. I'm still processing his death, to be honest with you. And another one as well from earlier this month. Um, shout out to the Paris family. I love you guys. And my prayers and condolences to you for the passing of your queen of the family. Um, I pray that both families can move on through positive energy and peace as well from this. I'll just say to you listening to the show right now, really appreciate the life that you have and be blessed for your health and that you have it to hold on to. I really treasure that. Take it seriously. Really, really take it seriously. And for you listeners, uh, please listen, rate, review, and subscribe to all of the shows from South Sharav. Wherever you listen to your podcast, hit the like button, the subscribe button, click on all the five stars. I appreciate you for continuing to support through these days and times and that you're allowing me to be a positive distraction to your day. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, it's the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharav Radio. Let's get to work. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharav Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast. Uh, how you doing today, Roger? How you doing today? This 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 week so far. Well, sir? Trump's new president in there. I'm doing pretty good, Kelvin. <laughs> you know what just to touch on what you're gonna say with uh with trump we're gonna save that for last because uh <laughs> i have i have a question i want to ask you with, with regarding uh how we left office this week and um and the inauguration and all that uh but yeah. before we get to the games the championship uh championship uh games with the afc and the nfc uh between what the the bills and the and the kansas city chiefs and then the the packers and the buccaneers um, mm -hmm. We find out today because we're recording this on Wednesday. We're finding out today that Philip Rivers announces retirement after 17 years of being in the league. He's surely going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, with that said, was he better than Eli Manning? He was, right? He was, right? <laughs> uh, oh, God. Eli Manning. I thought I was done with this guy, Calvin. Well, you got to bring this guy back up, man. Because we I, have been debating this guy for years. I, Eli Manning. Yo, I hated this argument so much, Roger. Oh, this, this whole man. this whole <laughs> argument of because somebody won a Super Bowl or two Super Bowls, they, they automatically stamps them a, a, a trip a trip to Canton. That shit annoys yeah. the hell out of me. It does to me as well. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, it drives me flipping crazy. Like Eli God. Eli, yes, Eli had two Super Bowls. But Eli was the worst, one of the worst regular season quarterbacks I have ever seen. 
Like his teams literally limped into the playoffs, like on the cusp of actually barely getting in there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like on both occasions where they went against my um, they went against my Pats. It's like they they caught lightning in a bottle or something. Like mm-hmm. you know they they went through they went through the toughest teams and they played really really well, mostly due to the defense. Like I can't even put that on Eli because mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, and the biggest stage, yo, I don't I don't even know what to say, man. Like that that catch in the, the first Super Bowl that they played against um, the Patriots, mm-hmm. that catch where um who was it David Tyree, Eli Manning literally just chucked up the ball like he he was scrambling, three guys were like jumping all over him. I still don't even know how he got out of that. He literally just closed his eyes and chucked the ball up. He really um, did, like literally. And David Tyree literally grabbed it with one hand, stuck it to his helmet. And then fell on the ground. It stings you to this day, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. You know, I I feel like I, there's a little pit in my stomach just fucking thinking about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is the odds of that fucking happening, man? What is the odds? Like, I'd have a better chance of winning the fucking lottery than trying to catch the ball with one hand with two guys draped all over me and having me take the ball and pin it against my head. Are you kidding me? With Rodney Harrison on your back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, they won it, man. Like he just pff, Eli does not belong in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Um, Philip Rivers. He had a pretty. He had a really good career. He did have a really good career. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it's Hall of Fame worthy. Um, I don't know. Um, his team, like he, how many years? Seventeen years. Seventeen years on the Chargers. Um. <sighs> He put up with a lot because they never really had a really good old line when he was playing there. So yeah. a lot of the times uh, he he got hit and he got hit hard and he got hit often. So I'll give that to him. Um, was he a good quarterback? Yeah, I'd say he was a good quarterback. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say top fifteen. I would probably wouldn't even say top twenty to be honest with you. Um, will he get into Canton? I don't know. I don't know. Why do you think he would get into Canton? Um, you know what? Because throughout his career, he was pretty successful. I mean, in terms of his stats, in terms of making the playoffs and doing damage when he got into the playoffs, they never he never mm-hmm. made it to the Super Bowl. But they always right. seemed to put up a pretty good fight when they got to the playoffs every year. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. that getting to Canton is harder than making it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the hardest out of the four sports to get into. It's it's, it's much harder than basketball. I'll tell you that much. But, mm-hmm. you know, I know I was saying surely he'll be a Hall of Famer. I, you know, I think he will get in just based on his numbers and the impact that he had for that one team for the Chargers for that length of time. I mean, you could make the argument Dan Fouts, Dan Fouts sorry, was probably the best quarterback of the, of the franchise history. But I would say he's mm. – I think he probably surpassed him, to be honest with you. I think he probably surpassed him. But it's interesting, though. It's funny because there was a joke. There was always a running joke uh, with the Dan Levitard show – uh, but they used to make this joke about Philip Rivers, where they always used to say that it, his entire career always felt like, like his team was 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 down eight points or thirty seconds left to go on, on their own twenty, and he had to make an impossible drive every single time. So and, true. And every time he, I looked at it through that lens, Roger, I'd always die laughing. I I couldn't unsee it. Every time I'd flip on like <laughs> the red zone, you know, you, you flip on the red zone, he's like, "There's Philip Rivers on his five yard line, forty seconds left. They're down twelve. He's got to make a big run." He just, <laughs> Oh, he's bust out laughing. Oh, my gosh. That is so true, though, Calvin. That is so true. (laughs) If anything, when I think of Chargers, I think of just, like, bone-crushing losses. 
like right yeah, up to this season. Whereas, you know, they lose, like, they must have lost at least eight games by a field goal. And something always weird would happen. It With would always Chargers, be like a turnover at the last minute or or some crazy play that they would try that would completely backfire or mm-hmm. somebody misses a field goal. Like, I could honestly say they're the best shitty team that's been in the league literally for the past 10, 10, 10 years. They always have a solid roster. They have a good defense. They have a good offense. But it's like they can't, like, sometimes they make it to the playoffs. Most of the times they don't make it into the playoffs. They kind of struggle just to, just to win games. And when they do win games, like, they're really good. But when they lose games, it's always, like, by three points, you know, three points, maybe five points. Like, always some weird number. It's always because they do something that actually Ends up blowing their league and this uh, their lead and this year was no different. I mean that's that's what got their coach fired, right? Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. On paper, they are a fantastic team. They had they had Bosa in the in um, on the defense. And Ingram, um, yeah, yeah, and then on offense they had um, the new kid who was absolutely phenomenal. They had good Herbert. wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, good decent run pa- game. Yeah, on paper they're a really good team. But they just can't win games. It's the weirdest thing, man. It's so strange. It's like they're cursed or something. Yeah, I was going to say that they may be snake bit because you you could say that too, with especially the last few years of uh, of Rivers' career in um with the Chargers. But you can't blame him this year. You can't really blame the coach because it was happening before Anthony Lynn got there, and it was True. happening before Justin Herbert got there. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's it's weird. Yeah. Is it the uniforms? Is it the lightning bolt? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. Man. I, don't know. I feel like somebody at some point in time, somebody put a hex on this team, <laughs> and it's literally been there for the past fifteen years, the past decade at least. No, for sure. Like it, it's it's one of those things. I think he with, with with him though. It's he was always a guy that it seemed like he was at least in the beginning he was fighting for his respect because if you remember at the beginning of his career, it took him time to like. Um, to to get it going with his team or get that respect with his team, especially when um when they they replaced him with Breeze, I replaced Breeze with him, I should say. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was and, just gonna and, bring and, that up. And yeah. LT couldn't remember LT was not a fan of him for a while. He was. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it took a while for them to, you know, to to smooth things over, but yeah, you know, but he ended up earning their respect. You know, he was a gunslinger. <laughs> he lived on the edge, which sometimes was not to his benefit, but he was a good player for the most part of his career. Um, yeah. there's two things I'll never forget about him is, is the amount of shit talking he would do. And, and it would always make <laughs> me laugh because it was ent- number one, it was entertaining. But then the yeah. second thing was like, this guy talks a lot of shit for somebody who doesn't win. <laughs> like, <it> doesn't win <laughs> titles. Like, <laughs> like he talks a lot of shit because like, it used uh, to make me laugh. Um, yeah. and then the other part was just the weird way the ball was released from his hands. Like the, the football just looked throw. weird. Didn't it always look weird every time he threw the ball? His throw looks strange. Yeah. It always looks strange, man. It looks like he's struggling literally to throw the ball every single time. And then the angle that he throws is like his arm is, it's so weird. So flippant weird. Like new quarterbacks, if you're new young quarterbacks, if you're looking to play, if you're looking to try and perfect your throw, do not look at this guy. <laughs> do not look at this guy. But he was pretty accurate. I'll give him that. And he could throw a pretty decent deep ball. Yeah. It's just his his this throw looked really weird, man. Yeah, it was it was always the ball was always looking like it was spiraling, but it was spiraling downward. Like it just it just yeah, seemed weird. weird. But yeah. it, it worked though. It's it seemed like it worked. 
You know, yeah. he, he had great rapport with uh, Antonio Gates. He had great rapport with Vin- with um, even with Vincent Jackson back in the day. Now Keenan Allen. Like, yeah. he always had a good rapport with his receivers and stuff. So it it, it, it oh, worked. Yeah. But it was just weird to watch. It was it was weird to watch him. And, it's, and that throw wasn't because he got older. Like, he came in. He, that's the way he always threw. It was just weird. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just strange. But, but I'll tell you what, though. Like, he, the, the guys played 16 years for the Chargers. Um mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things like you, they, that team was just always one of those teams. They just they're always like a notch below like the elite teams, just below. Even when their records sure. are really good, you just never felt like it would they would get over the hump. And and it's to your point, like even when LT was there, it was always there was always something they would do that would just knock them off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. shoot themselves in the foot for you know to, for lack of a better analogy. But like oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but I think QBs that like, especially a, a star NFL QB, you just you just live a different life from the rest of your peers, because when yeah. you're great, you get to stay with your team as long as you want. You know what sure. I mean? Like you're looking at himself. I mean, he only went to the Colts this year for the one year. Brady Breeze lasted in the Saints for what, like 15 years. Brady yeah, was Brady. for 19. How long yeah. was Big Ben for? 17. All his whole career's been with the Steelers. <laughs> You know, Aaron Rodgers been for 12 years. Like when you're good, you're like, it's, it's not like you don't move around a lot when you're a great QB, especially if, if you want to stay in your winning. They don't, yep. you don't get rid of those guys. It's true. That's absolutely true. I agree completely. It's interesting. It's very different from the NBA. I'll tell you that much. And, yeah. and, and, and for sure, 1000%. I, I forgot you were on the same side with me when it came to this Eli Philip Rivers <laughs> argument. I thought we were going to have this big debate, but. Uh, I can't. I can't debate that, man. Okay, I've seen you. this guy play so shit during the season, and all of a sudden he goes into the playoffs, and it's like he's a different player, man. I can't even explain it. It's the weirdest thing, man. It, it would drive me crazy because a lot of it too. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna take away the respect for him for, for especially for when he got hot and and those two, especially because really and truly, you take away those two years, he never won a playoff game. I think yeah. he might have won maybe one outside of those two years that he was like. So it wasn't like he was a consistent playoff performer. It was just nope. those two years you you got really hot. You and know, they, then they never made it back to the Super Bowl. No. Uh, they never made it back to the playoffs. Forget the Super Bowl, the playoffs. They never yeah. made it back to the playoffs, man. And the crazy thing with with that too is like nobody gives proper respect to the defense for both of those years. <laughs> those both of those years, those defenses were on fire. They were. They were. They literally carried the team. Yeah. Like, that D-line was spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs> Those linebackers were amazing. Yeah. But regardless, man, it's, it's just how the world it's just how the world go, works. It's always the quarterback. That's all they remember. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you're, a real, if you're a real student of the game, then you'll realize it's more than that. Yeah, it was, it was all defense. Like, their defense played lights out. For like four games in a row, and, and I remember that first Super Bowl run. Like they went against some good teams. They did. They really oh, did. They went against some really. They took down some really good teams, man. I think it was like San Francisco. They took down. I think, um, I think the first year they took down. I remember they took down Green Bay because that was um, yes, that was Farms last year in Green Bay, and they took them down. I was happy I about that. that. Dallas, they took down. I remember that first year. Even yeah, even that yeah. even the last year, I remember specifically, that, and I had to give Manningers props because I remember they played the Niners. Remember that was the they went to overtime and um and I can't I think it was Kyle Williams. It was the punt return and he fumbled the he fumbled the punt 
on like on our on our twenty yard line. That's how we lost. Uh, we lost in overtime. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's but, right. But yes. I, but but I gave him his props though because Manning was taking. I remember hit after hit. Like we beat the living was- shit. Out of that, if you remember that game, we beat the crap out of Eli Manning, and he kept getting up. He Listen, kept man. getting up, man. I was like, okay. I'm like, I gotta give him his respect because he took a beating. Kevin, this man took a beating. I remember. Ex- <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember this guy standing up, and literally the helmet was on the other side of his head, like it was turned <laughs> around. Guy couldn't even flip and see. I was like, these guys are killing him, but he got up every single time, mm-hmm. every single time. Every single time, and that and that, and that defense, fits. that defense that year was crazy because that was Patrick Willis in his prime, Navarro mm. Bowman, yep. you know, like all those guys were just they were just nuts. Oh, they yeah. were they nuts were in those the, that, those times, man. And he just it just didn't matter. It didn't matter. He just got up and made the plays. So I was like, okay, I got I got to give him respect. I got to tip my hat to him. Now with yeah. uh, with Rivers gone now, do the Colts go after uh, Deshaun Watson? Uh, you gotta have a meeting for uh, about him at least. Everybody should be going after Deshaun yep. Watson. I don't give a shit who you are. Yep. I, I think and anybody that has a shaky quarterback situation, they have to go against. They have to go after Deshaun Watson. Um, I know there was quite a bit of speculation that um, he might, my Miami might make a play for him. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know. Like, they, there's a lot of young teams out there that do have young quarterbacks, and yes, they're they're unproven. But, I mean, when you have that situation and you're in a rebuild year, there's nothing better than having a young quarterback because you don't have to pay him. Right. You know, what you do is you bring in a whole bunch of veterans that you know it's probably going to charge you an arm and a leg. And you know that you have like a good three to four, maybe even five years before you actually have to pay your quarterback. You know, and the way the salary cap is going, like, I mean, a decent quarterback could go anywhere from 35 and up a million dollars, right? I know. It's crazy how much they yeah, get paid. It's yeah. It's, it's, so it's just a matter of time before you actually have to start. Once you start playing your quarterback, that's when you're going to have to start looking at your roster. And I'm sorry. All those all those wide receivers and tight ends, super top star tight ends that you have, you're most likely going to have to start cutting people because you just can't afford it when you're paying one man $50 million. Mm-hmm. 50 million dollars a year. I mean, the Chiefs, I have no clue, clue how the hell each, the Chiefs run. I have no clue. Like, they just paid Mahomes $50 million, and they still have Travis Kelsey there. They have Tyreek Hill. I know. I know next year they're probably going to have to make a lot of tough decisions. Um, you know, there's going to be probably a lot of defensive players that are going to have to go out the door. And probably, mm-hmm. like, Sammy Watkins and a whole bunch of players are going to have to go, too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, right? When you have a superstar quarterback um, that's that's past his rookie contract, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to pay him, and the money has to come from somewhere. Man, what what happened? What happened? What's what's going on in Houston, man? Like, what's going on in Houston? How did the Texans butcher it to this degree, though? It's easy. The owner's a racist, guy. Okay? Isn't he the one that made the comments about uh, what was it? Letting something about letting the the inmates run the sane asylum or something like that. Oh yeah, you can't let the inmates run the asylum. That is, it was something like that. I, like but I think that was was it was that him or was that his father? Because I know that the, the, the team got passed down to the son. I just can't remember if it was if it was the if it was the I, father who passed away or was this one. I don't I remember. Think it, I think it might have been the father. Okay. I think it might have been the father. But what I do know is. 
Houston has not done any favors to Deshaun Watson. And this goes back before when Bill O'Brien was still around. Yeah. Like, I mean, he basically gutted that team. He made some bad decisions. Terrible the decisions. Biggest, yeah, the owner, the father, I'm think, I'm pretty sure he's the one who gave Bill O'Brien that. Like, just because you're from that Belichick branch does not mean that you could come in and you're going to be successful. Right. Giving this guy the ability to be the GM and the coach at the same time was the biggest mistake Houston could have possibly ever have made. I thought it was ridiculous. It is right. I still think it's ridiculous. Like the fellow, the, the fact that Belichick does it, I'll be honest with you. I still think it's, it's not something that he's done successfully because he's as a coach, he's phenomenal, but as a GM, I'm sorry, man. Some of the people that he's draft are flipping terrible. They're yeah. horrible. Yeah. Like the Patriots draft class, they haven't had, um, they haven't had, um, what was it? Aside from they, they have not had. I think they said something like they have not had an all star on that team, aside from Brady Gronk, for like the past eight years, or it was something. It was something like that to say that actually been really, really good within the past probably the past the past five to eight years, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's difficult. It's very difficult. And when Bill O'Brien came in, like God, man, he. He gave away what two draft, two first round draft picks for O lineman from Miami. Yeah, he gave it to Tunsil. Miami for Tunsil. Yeah, Tunsil. He did that. Then he ended up giving away Hopkins. He traded Hopkins for, um, for David, um, David John. Um, like just moves like that, just just head scratch moves. Um, that basically just crippled the team. I mean, credit to the. Credit to Deshaun because he still had a decent year, even though he was basically pe- passing to Brandon Cooks and, uh, you know, Will Fuller. And, uh, Will, Fuller. Will, Will um, Fuller, who was on the uh, the Ultimate Warrior Regiment. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Your best wide receiver. The reason why he was your best wide receiver is because he was hyped up on steroids. Like right. facts. That's just how it works. That's how it rolls, right? So I mean, I don't blame him for being fed up, and then. At this point, he feels like he has no say in the roster. He has no say in the team whatsoever. And, I mean, gone are the days before when quarterbacks, you know, especially superstar quarterbacks, would just sit there and just let their careers dwindle because, you know, the GM doesn't want to draft anybody that could actually help them, you know? Right. So, I mean, I don't blame him for being fed up. I I actually don't blame him at all. And then throw into the fact that there is a racist element to it. And, um, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't even want to interview anybody who was a minority for the coaching position. Like the only reason why they actually ended up interviewing um, Eric Bieniemy is because Deshaun Watson started making ultimatums, right? Yeah. He was like, this is bullshit. Like, you're not even, you're not even trying to hire somebody, uh, a minority, or at least give them an interview. So I think all those things, the racism, the lack of respect that he felt, all those things led to the souring of this that relationship. And I don't blame him. I mean, when when you got people like, um, you know, when you have when you have other ex players basically telling you that you need to get out there. Andre Johnson, yeah. I think Andre Johnson said something like, um, you know, if 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 Deshaun Watson had any any sense, he would not waste away in Houston. Like he said something like yeah. that. And and he's and he's a Texans legend himself. He is one hundred percent. Yeah, which is crazy to say. It's great. That's crazy for him to say. It but, is. It is. But it goes to show you. I mean, yeah. when your own ex players have zero love for you as a team, 
yeah, there's there's obviously something wrong, man. There's obviously something. Wrong. And that's the thing too, because they wasted his like uh, Andre Johnson and Arian Foster's best years. One hundred percent, absolutely one hundred percent. Call it mismanagement. Call it whatever you want. Poor coaching. Um, there's just so many different things that you could basically put your finger on that's wrong with that team. Um, so I, I don't blame him. Get out, man. Young guy, get out, man. I don't care if you have to go to another. I don't care if you have to go to the Jets. I don't care where you have to go. You got to get out like the movie. Like, don't sip the tea. Don't even. Don't, like, anybody offers you tea, just run. Just run right now. <laughs> Pack your shit and go. That's what he needs to do. Okay? Run as fast as he can. And he does have value. I mean, he's still young. He's still extremely young. Of course. He's a fantastic quarterback. So, I mean, if the Texans if the Texans were smart, they trade him. You know, they'd probably be able to get two, two maybe three first-round draft picks for him. Oh, absolutely. You, I think, Easily. look, I mean, you, as you said at the, at the beginning of this question, unless you have a superstar or, or like, or especially like a young QB, like a Mahomes or like a Lamar Jackson or, or, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Josh Allen, unless you're in one of those positions or you have like the, the Brady's or the, or the, uh, the Rogers, those type of guys and stuff. Yeah, you you got you definitely have to be looking at this because, look, yeah. the I mean even with even with um a roster where he didn't have a lot of real weapons, he led the league in yards, he led the league in passing. I think he had yeah. like thirty three TDs and like seven picks, which is yeah. like considering really the team went like four and twelve or whatever it was. <laughs> that's a great year, yeah. you know, yeah. consi- all things considered. And then you got to think too a couple of things, right? Because you're saying the racist element is a part of it. You remember this is this is the same city that um you know for many years was the was the home for George Floyd, right? Mm, that's true. So with all that uprising and stuff that was happening all over America, but it, it, you really felt it in Houston because number one they had one of his funerals there. He's from Houston. I think he only left Houston because he wanted to find work for his family. So that's why he went to Minnesota to try to to try to just you know to make a better sense of his life and just you know get more money so that he can provide for his family just just a basic level of living you know what i mean that's Absolutely. something that you would do so you're seeing that you're seeing the racial elements about not hiring certain coaches the ownership saying different things um i think the owner was like a, a major trump supporter as well he was he was right that the father it was the father not the son not the, the okay. father was a hardcore trump supporter right so you have all those elements going, you know, and then you and then you look at other sports. You look at, you know, you look at like somebody like a James Harden, right? Right in your city again, mm-hmm. where he's the face of the franchise, just like you're the face of the franchise for the football team, which is a football town. And you're watching him wheel and deal, make his big demands. And he got to go exactly where he wanted to go in Brooklyn. And you're in a situation where you're a max player and <laughs> you're yeah. in your sport you're a, a star in your sport. You're a young guy. You're a, yep. you know what I mean? You're the face of a franchise and this team is doing nothing to help you. So you're looking at that whole, that whole clusterfuck of everything in a one big pot. Like mm-hmm. I can, I, I understand why he would leave. Yep. I definitely so understand I. it. It's weird, but, but I'll tell you, there's, there's a few places to me that he can go. I, I know we're saying there's a bunch of places he can go, but correct me if I'm wrong or you, or you can, whether you agree with me or not, I'll, I'll list out just a, a few teams. I'll list out four, right? Yeah. So there's there's a few places you can go. I think the the Colts is a good spot, but I don't see the Houston trading him because they're in the same division. So I, I don't see Correct. that actually happening. Um, but 
Matt, I think Matt Stafford might be a better choice for them so they can flounder together. <laughs> keep, <laughs> Absolutely. keep the tradition of, uh, of, of not coming through in the clutch on a better team. But I think it, it actually, that actually might be a good marriage, all jokes aside. Um, mm-hmm. then, and then, as you mentioned before, it could be Miami because you already have Houston's number one uh, first-round pick, so you can just give it back to them. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a fourth overall pick. You can probably yeah. pick one of the the top QBs that are coming out. You're not going to get uh, Trevor Lawrence, but um, yeah. I know Fields declared. So there's yeah. him. Like you, you know, there's there's guys you can go get if you want to replace him with a really good quarterback, or you could just I'm make sorry. the trade for for Tua as well and just land another weapon at the fourth spot. You know, um, I would I would grab Tua. I would take Tua, and then I would take two number twos. Uh, two number ones. Two number ones. I take that. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'd probably trade back. Yeah. Like for that number one for the fourth round pick. Yeah, you can get some you shit know, for that. Yeah, absolutely. There is some value there, 100%. Yeah. Especially if Fieldstones doesn't go within the first two rounds because New York has uh, the number two, number two spot, and they might just keep Darnold and go for O lineman or maybe go for, I don't know, you know, go for a linebacker or a D lineman or something right. like that. Yeah, sure. So I mean, right. And there are so many teams that need need a quarterback. Another team might be willing to trade you a first, a second, or maybe even two firsts for that fourth round pick. So, like, I mean, Miami has options, man. Miami has a lot of yeah, options. Yeah, because they got a lot of picks, too. They, got, they still have they their do. pick. They got, they got a lot of picks in the next few years, too. So they can yeah, flip one yeah. of those back, even if they, want, they don't want to flip the pick. Because that fourth pick they have for Houston this year, that was for the Tunstall deal. So they still have it that was. pick. So, so they can probably flip that back if they want to. Um, oh, the other team, if if Big Ben retires, mm-hmm. um, the Steelers would be a great spot for him too because you have a good old line, you have prestige, you have tradition. I mean, yep. the Rooney Rule is in effect. You can play for a black coach, which I think is something that he's he wants to. It's, it's clearly something he wants to to work around. You know what I mean? Um, sure. So that's a, a work with, I should say. So I think that would be. A great option. There's minimal turnaround in terms of organization, like organizational movements and such. With like front office coaching, you know, like again, they've they've had three coaches in the entire history of of the of the franchise, right? Mm-hmm. So, like every every coach that they had, the other two coaches that was before Tomlin, both of them retired. That's the only reason why those jobs open up. So it's a, it's a great place to play. Plus, they have multiple weapons. They have multiple weapons on uh, as a receiver. So you just have to get a good running back, but. You know, which you can, I think you could find that in the draft, or you just you can grab somebody. But you put them behind that O line with all those receivers there, good tight ends. Yep. That's a that's a, I think that's a great spot from the land. Um, well, 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 let me tell you, I actually have I kind of have a top four of myself myself as well, right? Okay, so you know what? Since since I name since I name two, you name two. Okay, I'll name two. 49ers. You're flipping 49ers. Thank you. Thank you. That's the first thing that ever came to my mind. That's the first thing that came to my mind. That, that was actually on my list too. So that that knocks okay. me out. Thank you, thank you. You 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 talk because I'm going to be biased. So you go ahead. You talk now. You go. You say things. You go ahead. They absolutely 100% need a quarterback, and they have a lot of good weapons. They have a good defense. They have a fantastic running a game. A good O line. Um, you know they have good receivers, good tight end. Like if I was him, I would be definitely looking at the Niners. Um, Another put- and, and, and sorry, and just to add to to that, what you're saying too is, look, you have a coach who's a, a offensive wizard and a QB whisperer, yeah. right? Because because I don't know if you heard the story, but earlier this year they were saying that part of the reason with um 
why they might actually move on from Jimmy G, even though they're, they're saying they're going to keep him and such. Mm-hmm. The reason why they're saying that is because they said as vast as Shanahan's playbook is, he, he's probably like open up maybe like 30, 40% of his playbook because they said Jimmy G can only handle so much. So he wants to do a lot more, but he can't because of the quarterback that he has. So he's like, if he has a elite quarterback, he's like, he can open this thing. He can explode this playbook. I, I'll be honest with you. I never thought Jimmy G was that great of a quarterback. Well, me and you have um, spoken about that in the past. I, I, yeah. I've been saying the same thing. I'm, I'm, every time, especially last year when they were making their run and everybody's like, well, you finally got a quarterback. I'm like, well, we'll see. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He it's not like he has a super strong arm. It's not like he could make all the throws. It's not like he's perfectly accurate. I mean, if anything, he's a model of inconsistency. Like right. one game I'll watch him and he'll be anticipating passes and you almost look like Tom Brady out there. Yeah. And then the next game, he's terrible. You know, he's fumbling the ball, he's throwing interceptions. Um, he's just all over the place, man. So Jimmy G, I, I would not be surprised if San Francisco cut him. I know they'd probably like there'd probably be a heavy, heavy cap hit he, they would take yeah. in order to do it. But man, like yo, if you I, let this guy even, go and I'm pick up Watson, sh- I'm not even sure if the cap hit's going to be that heavy. And I think that's probably why there there's rumors that they may let him go. Oh I really? I don't know if it, I don't know if it's I don't think it's like a twenty million dollar cap hit or I don't I don't know how much it is. I have to take a look at that again. But I don't think it's I don't think it's as astronomical as people may think. Probably not because usually these NFL contracts are front loaded. Right. So usually the majority of what um, you know, at least usually the usually the contracts are front loaded, basically because if the if towards the end of the contract they want to have the ability to cut the person without taking a maximum like a really big hit. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a the situation. The only reason I say that Jimmy Jean's going to have like a basically he's going to be a pretty big hit on the on the salary cap is because i remember like wasn't it a few years ago this guy signed a massive contract he did after literally playing like i think he played like four or five games san francisco basically just backed up the the brinks truck to his house and basically just you know scrooge mcduck's kind of style dropped like a hundred million dollars into his lap or something Mm -hmm. yep I would like to see Deshaun watson go there that would be phenomenal that would be that would be phenomenal because i mean again <clears throat> like I said, you got you got Shanahan, you got a good O line, you got um, what you call it, um, and and just culture, like culture, because really yeah. and truly, every once everybody gets healthy, you got I think the best overall tight end in the game in terms of playing the For line, sure. being playing on the line and being a receiver. I I still yeah. think Kittle is the best, yeah. and and then yeah, then you got a, a good amount of receivers as well. You got a great running game, like yeah. it's it's perfect for him. It is. It would be the ideal spot for him, 100%. Okay, who's your other um, team? Another team that obviously I would love to see him, uh, I would love to see him on, would be my Patriots. I mean... Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see him on the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots basically have nobody right now, but after this year, they're going to have, I think they have like the third highest um, her, third highest amount of money to spend on a team. Um, so they should be able to pick up, they should be able to pick up, uh, you know, at least one or two super stub wide receivers, you know, a good, um, tight end. Um, they do have quite a bit of money to play with. So I feel like they can like Belichick, if he's smart, he could, he could basically, um, restock the shelves, so to speak, um, next year. I, I, I pour, I pour out a little liquor for, for Cam Newton. I do. 
Yeah. I was rooting so hard for him to succeed this year, man. So was oh, I, man. man. So was I. The uh, Cam experiment just – it started off well. It did. It started off – that Seahawks game, yo, I thought Cam was going to be the MVP of the league. It's You know what's weird? After COVID, it's like he never – after he got yeah. tested, it's like he never recovered. It's true. It's true. It's true. So I don't know if that's I, why he played so bad, but it's like it's like once he came back, he's like he was not the same guy. Yeah. But I think with Cam, it was a, it was a whole bunch of things. Um I think it was just the playbook for you for for New England is extremely complicated. He had no preseason. Um, he was coming into a, um, a brand new team. He wasn't familiar with the players. Um, all these things are very very difficult. I mean, look look how Tom Brady. Tom Brady is basically the goat, and look how he struggled when he first came onto Tampa Bay's team. Right? Yeah. He was throwing pick sixes, and he had know. receivers. He has. And receivers. he had this exactly. Cam had nobody. The only real threat he had was Edelman, and Edelman's not a threat it. at this point. Listen, Edelman. Like Edelman's a fantastic player, but I'm sorry if you put him on a Bucks on the Bucks team, he, he will probably come off the bench. Yeah. yeah he wouldn't he's, play. He's not starting. He would be He's not starting him. over Godwin. He's he, not starting over AB. He would be behind Miller. I know. Yeah, 100%. I agree. So he literally had nobody. Um, so I do feel sorry for Cam. And, you know, I do hope that he gets another shot. Um, I do but, too. Um, yeah, but the Pats, like, I would love to see him on the Pats. Because I feel like Deshaun Watson is definitely, uh, he's the type of player that you could build around. And yeah. I, I feel like, Put him on a team with Belichick, with a good defense, Jeez. with a fantastic O line, and then God, you have to get him some skill players for sure. Yeah, you know? which they probably will if they if they were to land him. Listen, like Hunter Henry, he they could get Hunter Henry. They could get Allen Robinson. Um, there's some really good players out there mm-hmm. that they could get, and they have the cap to do it. They have the money to do it. It's just a matter of will Belichick do it. It's funny. The other team I was thinking of, and this is again, is, is if they keep their receiver, would be Chicago because they they got yeah. a good D, decent running game. I think if they were to get uh, Deshaun Watson, they would actually. I think Allen Robinson would probably stay. Probably he yeah. probably would stay because at least he knows now <laughs> he's got he's got an actual quarterback, a real legit quarterback that's going to throw him the ball. Like he would stay. He would Agreed. be from like you know what I'm out to like you know what let's work out a deal. Yep, that, just that one decision would keep him, and I think if if he was to land there, that would be a really good spot for him to go. Listen, well. if 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 I was if I was the Patriots, if I was San Fran, um, if I was the Bears, I would give up literally the next two, my next two first round draft picks, possibly even more for this guy. Yeah, I would absolutely. You could build around him. You could absolutely build around this guy. Um, absolutely. So, and he's young. He has at least two, maybe three contracts left in him. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he's like 25. Yeah, he's so 25. why not? Guys yeah. like him, especially at this age and where they are in their careers, like to be this successful, they don't come on the shelf. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. It's, it's, just, it's just with him, it's just a combination of different things, and, and that's the only reason why he's leaving the team. Yeah. But once you have him, you, you be good to him. He's not going anywhere. He's definitely not going going anywhere. So, yeah, yeah. he's and, a valuable commodity. And you know what? Just the last one with my Niners, I'll say this much. Like, in the last four to five years, they've drafted really well. So even if you give up, like, your your number, your two number one picks or whatever, yeah. that's okay because the rest, you got seven, eight rounds, and they usually clean up. 
yeah. they usually clean up and do really well. Like their scouting is amazing. So I like I would have confidence. Like if I was them, I would definitely do it because you know, like just based on your track record, you're gonna find some guys. Oh, for sure, absolutely. You always find some guys. Yeah. There's there's always there's always that third or fourth round pick that nobody thinks is actually good. Look at look at DK Metcalf. Look at him. Like people, you remember how they were trashing this guy when he was coming out, talking about how he doesn't have the hands, he has a lot of speed and blah, 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 and all sorts of, they're talking all sorts of trash about this guy. And now he's like basically the new Megatron. Yo, 32 teams passed on this guy. And I think he went into, he he was drafted in the second round, I believe, right? I think think it was like mid-second round by the Hawks. I think so. All these teams flipping passed on him. And it's like, yo, you could find talent, man. It's just you just need to you need to have the scouts to be able to do it. Like, I wish Belichick. I would. I pray that this guy stops drafting. Like, he needs to yeah. stop selecting players. I feel like he needs to he needs to find a GM or he needs to find better scouts. And they need to like his boys who 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 are coaches on the team, like his two kids. Mm-hmm. I think they need to sit this guy down and be like, "You're not picking another player. I'm sorry. We'll pick the players." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just go with that because there's no way that their players, any players that they could pick, would be worse than his. Last year, they didn't have a first round draft pick. They they had holes in tight end, wide receiver, O line, and this guy in the second round he ended up pick, picking a flipping defensive back. Yeah, the one position where he did not need, need he ended up picking. You know, I every year I watch the draft. And every year I'm disappointed with the Patriots. <laughs> Nothing's ever. <laughs> Honestly, man, it's, it's depressing. It truly is. Because I'm watching these good-ass, good players go to these other teams and the Patriots. And then Belichick will pick, like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll pick a defensive back. And then um, in the third-round pick, he'll go in, he'll pick an old lineman. And then the next two picks that he has, his next third-round picks, are, like, tight ends that nobody's ever heard of right? and end, end up doing absolutely nothing. And then after that, he just keeps drafting, he keeps on picking back, drafting back, drafting back, trading up, drafting back, drafting back. Like it, it's, it's, it's insane. He never picks for the players that he needs for the team. And every other team basically does, you know, if you have a hole at the tight end, you pick up a tight end. If you have a hole at the quarterback position, you better pick a quarterback within the first two or three rounds. You're not going to find Tom Brady like how he did back in what it was, I think, fourth or fifth round, I think yeah, it was. Sixth round. Sixth round. You're yeah. not going to find Tom Brady there, so stop trying. Because literally, that's what he's been doing for the past yeah. two or three years. <laughs> and it never works. Like, seriously, man. Ugh. But anyways, yeah. So definitely my Pats, 49ers for sure. Um, but there's a lot of teams, man. There is there is so many teams yeah. that could use a good quarterback. Yeah, no, no, for sure. All right, so <clears throat> excuse me. So let's get to the games. Um, sure. these, these two games here. So, um, Tom Brady's already proved that he can win without Belichick as long as his team is stacked with weapons, of course. Um, mm-hmm. but do you think this is the the weekend where he takes the next level up and gets to his tenth Super Bowl? I do. I oh, really okay. truly do. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I truly do. I think right now he has a fantastic chance. Um. What I have to do is I, I, I look at the two quarterbacks right next to each other, right? I compare Aaron Rodgers to basically Tom Brady, right? When I look at Aaron Rodgers' um, his track record, um, I'm not sure if you realize this, but Aaron Rodgers' team has basically lost three NFC 
NFC conference games in a row, like literally the past couple of years, like three yeah. in a row. Yeah. He's one in he's one in one in four. And that one time that he actually did make it to the Super Bowl, he actually ended up winning. But aside from that, consistently he's been losing. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's either there, there or not here or there, here or there, because he's still a fantastic quarterback. He's an amazing quarterback. Um, there's a lot of things that benefit him in this game. The fact that they're playing in Lambeau Field and it's probably going to be like negative ten and um, snowing apparently. It might snow too. Might snow too. You know, he's going against a Tampa Bay team. Um, granted, Tom Brady, he could relate to that because he played in Boston for the past two decades, and it's always cold in Boston yeah. around playoff time. So I don't think that's going to bother him. Um, the rest of his wide receivers will probably have an effect on them. You know, Evans, Godwin, AB, um, even Scotty Miller. Probably it's going to affect them. But the type of game that I'm expecting um, this weekend is probably going to be more of like a running game. Yeah. Um, especially from the Patriots. The so one thing that no, Patriots, the the Bucks. There you go again. The, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm just so used to it. Um, the one thing I did know last notice last week with the Bucks when they played against um, the Saints, I noticed like if I squinch my my eyes really really fine, look like the Patriots, in the sense that a lot of their alignments, um, a lot of their routes, the way Tom Brady was approaching and calling the game, it was how like how he would call a Patriots game. Yeah, um, mostly short passes. Um, Leonard Fournette caught a ton of passes, like checkdowns, tons yeah. of checkdowns, a lot of play action, um, a lot of running, um, a lot of running plays. I think they they had like, what was it, 45, 35 or 45 running plays, right? Between Aaron Jones and, um, sorry, Ronald, sorry, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And I noticed that, you know, with all the runs, what they would do is once in a while, Brady would take a shot down the field. You know, take a shot to Mike Mike Evans, um, take a shot to Scotty Miller. Um, so it wasn't the type of game where, where, where in the past this season you'd see Brady just basically try and chuck the ball forty yards every single time to Mike Evans or whoever down the field. Right. It was more like a Brady sort of Patriot type of style game, whereas there was a lot of running, a lot of checkdowns, and then every once in a while Brady's chucking it down the field to to like a Scotty Miller or even a Gronk or whoever it is. Um, so I actually like to see that because I feel like now Bruce Arians has basically given him the reins to run the, run the offense. Right. And the guy even admitted it. He said, you know, he said, which was funny because he, he made a shot at, um, at Bill Belichick. He said the problem that, that Brady had when he was on the Pats is that Belichick wouldn't let him be a coach on the team. Which mm. I actually found pretty damn funny, but he said, <laughs> he said half the time the guys listen to him, uh, listen to Brady, and they don't even listen to to Arians. That's yeah. what he basically said. <laughs> you know, it's like, guy, are you trying to talk yourself out of the job here? <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> you're gonna admit that you're a coach that doesn't do any coaching because you let your quarterback run the team? But that's what I like that... about that's what I like about Arians, though. Like he, he's, he's <laughs> brutal honesty. Yeah, he's a he's a straight shooter, man. I like that about him a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brutal honesty. Um, so just in terms of the game itself, like I think it's going to be a really good game. I think um, I, I do think that um, that the Packers have a really good chance just because they have home field advantage. Um, Rodgers is playing amazing right now. Um, but I can't forget game six um, that they played this year, whereas Rodgers probably had the worst game of his career. 
Um, he passed for 160 yards. He had zero touchdowns, and he had two interceptions. One of them was a pick six, and the other one was pretty damn close to a pick six. I remember that. Like, the guy actually got stopped on the five-yard line. So the Bucks gave him the most trouble out of the whole flipping season. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game, man. I, but I do like Tom Brady's chances because I do feel like his defense is peaking at the right time. It is. And I feel like the offense, they're taking their, they're taking the uh, plays out of the Patriots' offense. And just judging from last week, it seems to be working because, I mean, they got blown out by the Saints two times in a row when they tried to play Bruce Arians' offense. Um, yeah. But last week, it was like a very controlled game by Brady. And they played really, really well. The defense dominated. The offense made zero mistakes. And it was a great game. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely giving it to Brady this weekend. It's funny because you're saying that um, they're, they're taking a page out of the Patriots playbook. <laughs> I'm sure somebody like Belichick's not even like being jealous or mad about that. I'm sure he, he takes that as a compliment. Oh, I'm sure he does. Absolutely. That's just the way he is because he, he appreciates good football. Yeah. Like he, he literally is a, a student of the game. Like I remember after after the um, after the Patriots beat the Rams um a few years ago. Yeah. Um I remember um what's the name of the quarterback? Uh, what's the name of the coach? Timothy uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah. He came out at one point and he said that after the Super Bowl he was sitting in the roster by himself just kinda staring, um, trying to absorb the fact that they lost the Super Bowl. And he said Belichick came and found him, sat next to him, and literally went over the whole game with him and told him where his mistakes were. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He actually said that. He went through each one of his mistakes and told him, this is where you went wrong, here, there, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, Belichick loves the game. He loves the game. And he loves other, other coaches that know the game just pretty much almost as good as he does. Like yeah. he he loves talking football, so I'm not even. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he takes it as a slight that that Bruce Arians is saying that because he's like number one. It's complete nonsense because the team did go to what eight ten Super Bowls. I think it was. Yeah, they nine. went to ten Super Bowls, won six of them, um, and Belichick has two other Super Bowls that he won with the Giants as well. Right. right. So he has eight Super Bowls under his belt. So I mean, I I just found that pretty funny, but. Yeah, I, I definitely like the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, shout out to, is it Antoine or Antonio Whitfield Jr.? Didn't his father yeah. play in the league too? He did. His father he was did. a cornerback. That's right. I, I he was, did. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like that name, just I remember hearing it this year. I'm like, I, I'm like, I know that name. I swear I see a Vikings uniform. I swear it was the Vikings he played with his, his pops or at least one of the teams or something. Mm-hmm, I have to Google mm-hmm. that and see, but I, I swear that was the case. But um yeah but shout out to him and then especially man shout out to to devin uh devin white because yeah. he's, he's really underrated <laughs> my gosh I, I couldn't believe i couldn't believe the type of game this guy was having like seriously he he honestly looked like he was a really he was a, a force out there absolutely yeah absolutely. yeah which i should be surprised because i mean he was a top pick i think he was like the fourth the fourth or fifth pick not last year, but the year, the year before. before. Okay, well, that makes sense. In the That's first good. round, he's yeah. Blue, first round, fourth them. pick or fifth pack. Because yeah, I remember when they took him because somebody else, another team, I remember another team passed on him. And I was like, eh, I think that's a mistake because this guy looked like he was like, he's stacked, man. Yeah. Like, he he's one of those guys that's just, he, he looks big and he looks sturdy, but he's flipping fast, fast. and he has some yeah. really good hands. Really does. 
He really did. Did you see some of those picks that he had? Oh yeah. Like, well, well, the thing oh. is, it's, it's funny because I mean their defense they haven't been incredible like all year. They they're getting hot at the right time right now. But yeah. even during the season, whenever the defense had a good game and, and they were making great plays, he was usually right at the center of it. Because it's funny, because even that game that you're talking about early in the season when they played the, the Packers, he did he was disrupting a lot of shit that Brady uh, that uh, that Rogers and them were trying to do uh, on yeah. like it was a week six. Like he was just yeah, disrupting so much shit. I remember in that game, like he's that that guy's a really good player, and I, and I know he got he got snubbed from the Pro Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. like it's sort of like basically like an all-star spot. So I know he wasn't happy about that, but I mean, I think he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be landing some, some, you know, some positions in, in there for years to come because that kid's a stud. Like you can see already, like I don't watch college football really that often anymore, but just from watching a couple of those games this year, I'm like, yo, who the hell is that guy? Like right away. It's like, it's like, he, he, he like, he stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm like, yo, who the hell is that? You know? He did. He did. He did. And just because he was everywhere. Yeah. Like he, he was stopping the run. Um, he was chasing down the quarterback. Like they were sending him into blitz. Um, you know, he was uh he was running behind um Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Um he basically he he like middle linebacker, he played every role in that game. Picking up fumbles, yep. like he was doing everything, man. And that pick, and that pick he got, he almost Derek Henry's uh, somebody oh. on the run back. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad for that wide receiver, man. I had flashes of Derrick Henry in my head. Like he, 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 he straight armed this guy yeah. well out of the screen. Like it was, it was bad. <laughs> it was a bad straight arm. <laughs> Poor guy. I still remember his face too, and the shocked look on his face when this guy literally just like almost chucked him with one hand. That was hilarious. But I, but I, I tell you what, it's it's a great matchup because the things that we we're seeing about Brady last week in terms of having a long memory when he gets his ass kicked, mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm. some ways you can say the same thing about Rodgers. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you to that extent with the with the um, what like is his past performance in the playoffs in terms of well they, like, sometimes him and sometimes his team since they won the Super Bowl, um, right. which is like damn it was like almost ten years ago or it was ten years ago it was ten years yeah, ago which is yeah. crazy. But like yeah. you don't want to say he's a choker because, but it's just you you can't look away from the fact that you know his team is, they they him or his team has flamed out in the past in these spots, because yeah. <clears throat> this this if they lose this year it will be the third, the third year um in the last ten years that um they lost in the NFC Championship where they were the number one seed, mm, yeah you know, and this is the second year in a row. Uh, that they're they're playing in the NFC Championship game, and last year they're just outmanned because San Fran was just a better team than them all the way around. Um, yeah. But like, 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 look, his his spot is solidified in this game. He's one of the greats. Um, yes. But I but I think it'll be a bad look if he loses again. Um, you know, I just think I it, it won't be a good look. But I guess to wrap up this game, I would say I'm gonna roll with I'm gonna roll with Green Bay in this game. I, but mm, I, okay. I see it being really close, um, mm-hmm. and I see the game ending in a field goal or within a field goal, um, and, and I feel like I'm hot right now because I went four and zero last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna ride with the vibe. I'm gonna ride with the vibe, just like I did last week. But I'm leaning to. But I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if Brady goes for his tenth Super Bowl. But I, I at least tenth appearance in the Super Bowl. Calvin, if if he goes to the Super Bowl and he faces, let's say he faces Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that is going to be the best game. Oh, my that God. That is going to, number one, like, number one, you know what the Super Bowl is this year, right? I know. It's in Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. I know. 
Would that be the first so, time that's ever happened that that a home team? It, it that, will be that the home team is actually wow. playing in the Super Bowl. It will. I actually looked it up right before this podcast. It will be the first time a home team actually has home home field advantage, even though it's COVID, during the Super Bowl. Yeah, that will be interesting. Yeah. Imagine he wins a Super Bowl. Like you couldn't write it. You couldn't write this any better. Let's say if he goes against Patrick Mahomes and beats Patrick Mahomes, which he has beat Patrick Mahomes before. If they go to the Super Bowl and beat Patrick Mahomes in Tampa Bay, legend. He will be a legend. People will be whispering his name. Like, you thought he was the GOAT before? It's going to be off the charts, right? But let's let's say if he goes against the Bills, it's the ultimate grudge match. He has literally slapped the Bills in their face for the past two decades. And now he's going to go to the Super Bowl and beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. M- Bills Mafia will put out a hit on this guy for sure. <laughs> they just donated three hundred thousand dollars to some to some um, charities that are affiliated with Lamar Jackson because they beat him. Wow! If Tom Brady literally goes to Tampa Bay and just happens to play the, the Bills, the Bills in the biggest game of the year and beats them, it's over. The, the Bills are going to go absolutely crazy. That's, They're going to go insane. That's just trauma. That's 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 that's, <laughs> really that's, that's abuse and trauma. I don't I don't wish that on Bills Mafia. That's just trauma. Jeez, I'm telling you, nah. if, if that ha- if that ends up happening, the Bills are probably the most unluckiest team <laughs> in the league. Because I'll be zero for five. Yeah, and to think they were finally done with Tom Brady. The, like they beat up a Tom Brady list Pats this year, only they, to see they, him they in took... the Super Bowl and get to beat get beat by him again. Yeah. Oh, oh that will be, be the storyline of the ages. I'm telling you, that'll be a terrible look. But the ratings, yeah. the ratings for this week though, is going to be incredible between uh, Brady and Rogers. It's going to be off the charts. No, be, no doubt. Like I'm literally like, yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to bed every day at 8 a.m. <laughs> 8, 8 p.m. <laughs> just so the next day could come faster so that I can watch this game. That's how yeah. hyped I am for this game. That's one of those days uh, that that Sunday, especially, man, don't I'm cooking early. I'm doing yep. whatever I got to do in the house early. But once three o'clock hits, don't even don't just don't 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 touch me. Don't talk to me for the next six hours. <laughs> just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Don't ask me to do anything. Yeah. Two legends going at it, man. Yep. I'm telling you, it's, I, it doesn't get any better. It, it you know what? It might even get more ratings than the Super Bowl. It might, depending on who's in it. It might. Um, yeah, man. So, the, so to segue to the to the Bills and the KC matchup, uh, mm-hmm. does this matchup between Buffalo and Kansas City, and I guess more importantly, Mahomes and Josh Allen, really usher in a new era of football where we've officially moved away from the old guard, which includes like Breeze, Brady, Big Ben, Rivers, who just retired. Do you see this like really ushering a new era now? I do. 100 percent 100 percent um you know when you look at patrick mahomes he's a phenomenal quarterback um you know he's still extremely young um granted he's only what maybe three four years in the league um he's already done so much in terms of winning the mvp last year winning a super bowl um you put that next to a josh allen who has finally come into his own this year um, I feel like Josh Allen just needed a few pieces to their offensive game in order for them to be successful. And when they brought in um, Diggs, Stefan Diggs, I feel like every just thing just kind of clicked, clicked into place, so to speak. Um, yeah. So, I mean, both these guys are definitely the future of the NFL, no doubt about it. Um, 
you know, yeah, it's it's it, that game is going to be a really good game too. It definitely will be a really good game. Um, the question I feel like the question for this weekend though is is Patrick Mahomes going to play? Like this dude got knocked out with a concussion last week, and if he does play, is he going to be hundred percent? Because you know, Patrick Mahomes, even if he does, let's say let's say he does pass the. Um, let's say if he does pass the concussion pro- protocol. They said he did practice today. He it was a light practice. Oh, they did. did. Okay, did. I wasn't even aware yeah. of that. But okay, even let's say he practices, he's fine. He ends up playing. You know, when it comes to scrambling, when it comes to any quarterback sneaks, things along those lines, they're probably not going to put him in a situation where he could potentially get another concussion. Right. Um, he's going to have to be very careful. And on top of that, he also has. Um, I think he had a foot. He had a foot injury. Yeah, it looks like it looks like he jammed his toe. Yeah, I think it's some sort of toe injury, which looked really bad the last time he played because you could tell every time he was stepping on it, he was kind of struggling. Yeah, and that was before he had the concussion. So the question is, um, will that toe be okay to play? So I mean, I don't know. I I feel like they they kind of have like a hobbled. Mahomes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the good thing about KC is their team is good enough. Even if Chad Haney has to come in in the third or fourth quarter, it looks like they still might have a chance regardless, yeah. um, just judging from last week's game. But um, I feel like if Mahomes is okay and if he is, um, if he is even 80%, they might have a really good chance of winning this game. Um, but I do like the Bills also. Like I, I like the Bills defense. Um, you know, before, prior prior to coming into the game, I didn't really think that much of them, but they really stepped up last week. Like they phew, they beat the crap out of Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson literally ran for I think it was like thirty four yards. I think it was a total of thirty four yards last game. And you know, you and I know that's not Lamar Jackson. Like yeah. usually, this guy will run for probably he usually runs more than. He usually runs for, on average, probably around 80 yards per game. Yeah, at least. And, and they shut him down completely. They sh- they um, they basically shut down the running game. You know, they limited his throws. Um, the defense was amazing. They played really, really well. They stopped the run, which was not never their forte because I think coming into the playoffs, they were like maybe 25th or 26th ranked. Um, so they did not have a good um, run defense at all. They had a really good pass defense. But not a good run defense. But last week, like they really stepped up. Um, do I think that they could do that to Mahomes at eighty percent Mahomes? I do think so, one hundred percent. But I mean, you can't count on Mahomes because he's such a good quarterback, and his skill players are just so amazing that you can't ever count him out. You know how how are you supposed to write off Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, um, Le'Veon Bell in the backfield? Um, you can't do it. You can't do it. So they always have a chance. But I think it'll, this week's going to be a really, really good game. I think this new era, honestly, and not to say the, like, like, like it really and truly kind of started with Mahomes because that mm-hmm. first year when he came in and, and he just completely took over the league, he won MVP his first year starting. Yeah. And you saw it kind of right away because even that, you know, I think you mentioned it last week too when, um, when the Pats went against uh, the Chiefs in that AFC championship game. Um, like really and truly they got off to a really bad start, but really they just ran out of time because if they had another five minutes to play, I think they would have beat the Pats. Like there was just, he was just, once he, once he gets on fire, there's nothing you can do. Like I've, it's, it's hard. Like it's, it's, it's rare that you see a quarterback that 
gifted that young and that explosive. And, and then on top of sure. that, they have the perfect like skill set of players around them to match like every bit of his talent. You yeah. know, so that's sure. where it's just it just makes it super scary. Because when I think of like most explosive offenses, like. And I mean, it's only for like a year or two or what have you. But like, okay, well, the Rams, the greatest show on turf, like that was for late sure. 90s, 2000s. You know, that was great for a few years when they were really hitting. Um, I think of that 98 Vikings team mm-hmm. that was really hitting because um, with, with Cunningham and just a young Moss and Chris Carter and Robert Smith and all those guys. And they were busting ass. And like that, that was exciting. You know, or the two, or even the two thousand. I think it was was two thousand nine or two thousand ten Patriots when they had Randy Moss. Yeah, well, the year they, yeah, the year they lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants, where they went like, yeah, they, they, yeah, they went eighteen and one basically. But yeah, that that, that one offense was, was off the charts. Yeah, that that was insane too. Like that was beyond insane too. I, I don't know, man. It just it kind of feels like it's crazy, man. Like, but, like even even with the even with the those the greatest show on turf Rams, like as great as Warner was. You still kind of felt like as great as he was and as explosive those receivers were, Marshall Falk just made everything go. Like, he was so important to that For team. Sure. Like, it just elevated everybody else, too, which is weird. But, like, yeah. in terms of a quarterback, yeah, I guess you could say that that Patriots team because that, that one was phenomenal, too. But it's just yeah. it's just with him, he's so young, man. Like, it's just – you just yeah. feel like this is going to go on for the next 10 years because even if you replace guys, as long as you get young guys that could run routes and or are fast yeah. and you have a good old line around them, maybe put a, a good running back behind him, you're going to be fine. He's going to make – he's going to get everybody open. The guy throws yeah. no-look passes like like he's Magic uh-huh. Johnson on a, on a fast break. Like It's weird. Yeah, It's weird, yeah, but I, it, it just feels like Kansas City is going to go on this, this reign of terror for the next few years. You got Lamar winning MVP. You know, depending on how they stockpile the offseason, he'll be ready to go. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo came out of nowhere to become this elite team. Um, yeah. But the way those QBs have played, you add – I mean, I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but you add Baker Mayfield because he did have mm-hmm. a good game against them last week for the most part. Um, yeah. You know, Justin Herbert. You got yeah. um, uh, Joe Burrows. Um, yeah, Joe Burrows. Like, yeah. I know he tore his knee, but, I mean, that kid, me and you were talking about him earlier this year. That kid is a talent. Um, yes, you know, the, the Jags are about to draft Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. The era we've been accustomed to for years is like in terms of Brady and the, and the, and the breezes and those guys, like it's literally evaporating right before our eyes. It's like, it's, I think it's like, it's ended. <laughs> I think yeah, Brady's yeah. the only one that's kind of holding it up still, but it's, I think it's over like that, that, that era that we've been used to watching for the last 10 years is done. Brady, Brady yeah. and Rogers are the only one that are still holding it up. Yep, I was just about to say that. Rogers too, 100%. I agree completely. I agree completely. Um, But I will say that the future is bright. Like these young young quarterbacks, I mean, they're fast, they're strong, they have amazing arms. Um, They're accurate. They're accurate. Um, You know, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Like, I mean, will I shed a tear when Brady... But at least... Sorry, repeat that, Raj? Uh, I was just saying, will I shed a tear when Brady retires? One hundred percent. But at least I know that you know quality football is still going to be played because there are some really good quarterbacks that are up and coming in the in this league. So I don't think they ever have to worry about that. Yeah, and um, unless Mahomes gets a like he he gets um, like he relapses and 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 his concussion symptoms are worse. 
I just mm-hmm. I think he's going to be healthy enough to go, and as long as he's on the field, I can't see them losing. Even though mm-hmm. Buffalo has playmakers and they can they can potentially keep up with KC scoring, I I just think KC has they just have too much in their bag right now, and yeah. and I think that like to be able to pull that game out with their backup QB was impressive, and 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 props to them for like how great was that play call on fourth and one? Oh, great big balls! I would I. I didn't think that was going to happen. No. I would have bet money that that wasn't going to happen, honestly. Um, to be honest with you, I think that the Browns, they let that game slip through their fingers. They did. They had it. They did. I feel like they had it. Like they were one Chad Haney 14 yard run away from basically going to the conference finals, honestly. Yeah. When Patrick Mahomes got injured, I was like, okay. Like Cleveland's offense played really, really well, especially towards the end. Because remember, I was that, like, okay, that, they're that gonna come touch, back. That touchdown that um, where where um, was it Higgins where he, where he fumbled Ugh. the ball out of bounds? I mean, he, he, it was Ugh. wasn't it a helmet to helmet too? It was a helmet to yeah, helmet. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought when I yeah yeah that's the first thing I thought when I saw it too, because I was like, yeah, if you're diving into the end zone and somebody hits you helmet to helmet, yeah, you're flipping gonna drop the ball. Of course you will. Yeah, but I really I can't stand that rule. Regardless, it's I can't ter- stand it's that a rule. Terrible rule. It's a terrible rule. Like if you fumble the ball out the back of the end zone, just, it's, it's yeah, just, a touchback. Just, it's terrible. Yeah, just honestly, if if that's the case, just flip it back. So if it rolls on the bounds, just give it, give the offense back the ball where they lost the ball. Exactly, I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But it's it's a terrible rule. Um, but I did feel like the Browns had a really good chance of winning that game. Yeah. Um, do I like KC? One hundred percent. Do I think they're going to win the game? Probably. Um. I'll be honest with you, though. I've watched the past couple of games with KC, and I don't feel like I, – I don't know. They don't look like the KC of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, I don't find that Mahomes is playing lights out like he played last year. Yeah. Um, probably because of you know maybe a few injuries that he sustained. Um, but I do think it's still – he's still playing good enough, and I think the team is good enough to win the Super Bowl just because of the amount of talent they have. Yeah. Um, so I, I do anticipate that most likely it's going to be KC versus the Bucks in the Super Bowl this year. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, I think as as long as honestly, as long as Buffalo doesn't come out uh, mm-hmm. and, and 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 win, honestly, either way, either matchup out of the NFC plus plus Mahomes is a is a ratings bonanza, even even in the COVID times. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I agree. Even if it's Aaron Rodgers that goes, if it's the Packers versus uh, the Packers versus KC. I think it'll oh, be just thing. as good of a game. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. So because you know everybody's going to put it as old guard versus new guard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, there's going to be tons of hype. The NFL is going to make tons of money mm-hmm. from this game. That's for sure. Exactly. Even 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 during the COVID era, even in the pandemic, they're yeah. going to be raking it in. For sure. For sure. Now, last thing before we go, and we'll keep this real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. What was more entertaining the last couple of days, the inauguration or Trump pardoning Little Wayne and Kodak Black? <laughs> I actually had a good laugh about that. <laughs> I had a good laugh about that. Uh, uh, Trump. He's Trump for us, Roger. Trump. He pardoned Little Wayne. We, we, I know. He pardoned Little Wayne. Little Wayne's record gets expunged. He loves black people, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just enough for for the racist white people to say, "See, he's not racist. He pardoned these two black guys." 
I, what was it? A gun charge with Little Wayne had or something like that? So. I think it was a gun charge, he, right? He pardoned a few. He pardoned, yeah, he, he pardoned yeah. quite a few black people, actually, to be honest. He did. He did. It's. I, I feel like that's the one good thing that he did do while he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, did he do it for the right reasons? No. Probably I don't not. Think so. Yeah, probably not. No, I think he just pardoned black people just to say, hey... I'm not racist. I'm not racist. This is like exactly. the this is like the legal equivalent of saying I got a black friend. Uh, you see exactly, <laughs> exactly. I have a black maid. Uh, yeah, we get along really swell. It's basically yeah the equivalent of that. Um, listen, I'm just happy this guy is fucking out. You know, pick your shit up and leave. Pick your shit up and go. Just leave. It's, it's such an embarrassment the fact that he he wasn't at the inauguration. He decided to leave at 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, He had to have his own little um, fan club outside there while he gave a two-minute speech just so he could step step onto, um, not Air Force One, but whatever. I can't remember what they they call the helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, he he had to have his own little press conference uh, before he left. Um, You know, his wife refused to meet Joe Mm -hmm. Biden, Jill Biden, to to do the customary um kind of like walk her through oh, the mrs. Walk biden. Yeah, yeah. mrs biden right jill i think her name's jill i think oh jill biden okay i thought you said joe Sorry, jill body yeah. yeah jill biden yeah. yeah um i find it tacky i find him tacky i'm just glad he's gone um all i could say to joe biden is make sure you disinfect that whole white house you know, I, I think, I think they, they, apparently they did a deep a, a very deep cleaning of the White House. <laughs> I would throw out all the furniture. I would throw out <laughs> anything that he's ever touched. Because God knows COVID was probably crawling everywhere inside there. Bust a Kyrie Irving and just light it with sage. <laughs> like just, just burn out the room. If it was up to me, I'd burn down the White House and have them rebuild it. <laughs> That's just me personally. <laughs> Tear the shit down. Let's burn it. Let's burn it down and let's rebuild it. Because God knows some rooms probably smell like flipping hookers and you know <laughs> hookers and sex and then he probably has like a another room where it's just like swastikas everywhere and yeah anyways just pick your shit up and leave just go just but go it's funny watching the the press secretary have a report today i'm like man don't you miss sean spicer slamming the podium like he did the few, <laughs> few years ago the first day in office and trump was there yeah, yeah essentially yeah, yeah, cussing yeah. people out you don't miss that roger you don't miss the thrill of that oh come on roger Listen, I can watch it on YouTube. Okay, <laughs> I can watch it on YouTube. Where, where's that, where's it, SNL going to get the jokes now? Aren't, aren't you concerned <laughs> that the White House is going to be boring? You don't want to be entertained. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, am I am I am I scared that uh, Saturday Night Live is probably going to have to shut down because they won't have any more content anymore? One hundred percent. Listen, am I happy that things are somewhat going to go back to normal? Absolutely. I think the U.S. needs to be boring at this point. They've been having, like, the past four years, just from, like, an optics perspective, it's just, like, you know, the U.S. has gone through so many different changes and none of them good. So it's great to finally have some adults in the Oval Office again. And the fact that Trump um, isn't going to be able to spread his nonsense through different social media platforms... Like, I, I'm just hoping all these rats and racists that came, basically came out of their hole when Trump got into power, I just hope they crawl and slither right back into there. 
Well, you know, I, I always have a theory on that, and, and I'll say this mm. before I wrap up, but I, I, like I said, the one thing I did like about the Trump era, and I know this might sound funny to say, but I, I want those snakes and those rats to be exposed, you know, mm. because, you know, I always say, like, it's 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 better to have them in your face than, than having them smile in your face and stab you in the back afterwards, you know what I mean? Like, True. I'd rather True. them out there. So I think it's it's good that they all came to light in these last four years. I think that's, like, the good thing of it. The racial tension and all that stuff, yeah, we could do we could do without that, of course. But I feel like that was like the the pot to me that was kind of the positive because you want this out. To me, you want this out. Um, sure. I'll leave it with this though for now because I'm sure there's going to be more stuff coming. But uh, <laughs> but like you know you know how it is when most presidents leave office. You know they they make a few public appearances and they make some statements, but generally they stay out of the light, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know he's been banned and has been suspended off like, you know, these social media apps. I don't know if it's some some permanently, some indefinitely, what have you. I'll just say this, Roger. If if you think if you think Donald Trump is gonna stay quiet during his time away from office, <laughs> let me tell you, you got another thing coming, buddy. I'll tell you that right now. Like, look, he, he already broke all protocols, all traditions and etiquette as president. Y'all think he's going to just stay in between the lines now that he's out? I'm, yo, man, I'm telling you, man. I, I'm just saying personally, get your popcorn ready. Actually, you know what? No, no. Let's not even say get your popcorn ready. I, I think just get your dinner ready just because you're going to be there for a while. <laughs> popcorn finishes too fast. Get a glass of wine while you're at it. Maybe a little bit of Riesling. Maybe some red wine. Maybe a cab if you want. I don't know which which one you prefer, but I'm just, I'm just telling you don't even bring popcorn. Bring a full meal because you're going to be there for a minute. I think I, I think I, I think this year he's going to be man. His mouth is going to be flapping. Calvin, there's few things that I know are for sure in life, and the one thing I do know is evil never dies. <laughs> this man is probably going to live to be a hundred, and he'll still be trying to get back into the White House. He isn't going away. He's probably already planned trying to plan for 2024 in order to try and get back in office. Um, he's not going anywhere. I agree with you completely. He's definitely not going anywhere. No. Um, this guy will survive. He'll be a hundred. He'll be a hundred and ten years old, still trying to convince people that he could run the country, even though he can't remember what his first name is. One hundred percent. And 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 half of the Americans will fall for it too. Did I did I mention that? They're stupid enough to fall for it. So. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be insane. But like I said, I yeah. I just don't think he's going away quietly. I think he might he will just for a little bit, especially with the backlash of the Capitol Hill riots. But uh-huh. like, give, give, let it die down just a little bit. I think he's gonna start talking. Yeah, and, I think right now he's he's obviously his come he's obviously toxic. His businesses are toxic. Yeah. Um, his persona is toxic. Everything about the Trump name right now is toxic. But um, I think once the impeachment is over, whether he's found guilty or not, mm-hmm. you know, I give him a little bit more time. I give him about a year before he gets back into the game and he starts talking shit again. Yeah, um, it's coming. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. coming. That that much. And America, real. America loves a. They love a comeback story. They do. They love to put you up on the highest pedestal, and they love to bring you down to the lowest point just to bring you back up again. That's the United yeah. States in a nutshell. It's it's either it's either two things. Either he's gonna be fighting to get back into office, or he's starting a new type of network or something. It's one, oh, it's sure. one of those Absolutely. two things. But it's it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Oh, yeah. He tried to control oh. the media. Now he's gonna create media. It's something. Something. Oh. Something's popping. Something's sure. popping. Yeah, I agree. God I forbid agree. a podcast. 
but it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Yeah. On that note, let's let's wrap this up. So we'll we'll come back in when is the Super Bowl? I guess two weeks after two this weeks. weekend. Yeah. So we'll come back the following week and and break down our awards for you know the like player of the year MVP defensive player of the year all that stuff and then sure um then wrap it up with our our super bowl predictions and everything else perfect sounds good thank you very much for having me man nah, man always man always you're my, you're my football guy man always always <laughs> all right so that was the nfl section where we broke down the nfc and afc championship games plus the sean watson talk uh thank you roger for coming on for this convo much appreciated now I'm going to bring on O'Neal Kamaka to wrap up the podcast and discuss the Brooklyn Nets and how they look post-trade, post-blockbuster, share more views on how Harden imploded his way out of Houston. All right, let's get to it. Staff Podcast. All right, sir, how you doing today, sir? I'm fantastic. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm rested. I don't feel tired. I usually, you know, because with a newborn son, getting up early, but... I figured out how to get my little rest in, so I'm feeling good. You, you, feeling good. you figured out you figured out your pregame routine, how to how yeah. to get your naps in, how to get your work done. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> how, it. How to balance the sleep sleep work life. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So I'm good. Yeah, naps good. naps is super important, man. I wish I could I wish I could do them, but if you can balance it out a certain way, it's 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 actually refreshing. But it's it's. Yeah. Yeah, they're, naps are naps are very important. Um, <laughs> naps are very very important. It, it's super um, it's super essential when you have when you have when you have kids. It's super, especially a newborn. It's it's super essential. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Because I, I I was fun as jokes because I'm remembering when um like my last one it was I wasn't getting the amount of naps I was with my first kid and oh man I was I was I was miserable boy. Oh, was how many there. kids do you, how many kids do you have now? Uh, two. I just have two. Nice. That was a crazy time because when you're not when you're not getting those naps, trust me, man. It's I, I wasn't a happy dude for the first few months. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, you're not. You're very. Uh, it's kind of like being hungry. You're very. Uh, at least I am. I have no patience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't want anybody talking to me, asking me questions. Uh, no patience when I'm tired or hungry. No, that's it though. That's it. Your, yeah. your, your tolerance for everything is very low. Yep. Um. Oh, so, so obviously the, the the talk of the day right now is this uh this whole Harden blockbuster trade. Um. So yep. we'll you know we're gonna talk about the the first third of the NBA season so far, um because the season being that the season's gonna be what seventy two games, you know we're so we're gonna get down to to the midst of it, but um. You know, but I I don't want to wait till next week to do that uh, to at least to talk about the Brooklyn situation and with this right. Harden blockbuster trade. So, what what are your thoughts on the Harden deal and his entire actions leading up to it? Um, I mean, uh, it, it's it's part, but you know, didn't AD do that when he wanted to leave New Orleans? I think he just you know, it's like being like any relationship, right? You just withdraw from that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. You uh, you let yourself go. I think I heard somebody use that analogy actually, <laughs> which is funny. You just let yourself you just let yourself go. You kept uh, you disinterested. You, you you stop communicating, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, you, you throw the other the other person under the bus. So <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I, I think, you know, Hardy wanted to get out there and he didn't want to come back. And, you know, I think, obviously, you know, when D'Antoni was gone and Daryl Morey was gone and basically they, they let him do whatever he wanted. Um, so it was kind of like, uh, I need a change as well. And so I think, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't think he did any, he didn't do anything overly drastic. He just withdrew, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't think he was as bad as Vince Carter. I mean, Vince Carter. Um, mm-hmm. Just like before, he only gave us three good years, and then the other four, he was just like half-assed it for the other four, and pulling up the lane and faking injuries and whatever. So um, this happened really quick. He came out and just said, listen, I want to, you know, my teammates are good. He's okay, let's get this guy out of here, so. I I have no problem with it. I guess um, he wanted to get traded, you know. And even when he was what they call him in YMCA shape, he was still dropping buckets. So and now he's back into he's getting into regular shape. So I'm do, cool with it. Do, I, uh, do you think he was wearing a Doctor Doolittle suit? Not Doctor Doolittle. Um, uh, about, uh, one of those bellies, one of those fake pregnancy yeah, bellies. Because, or something because, like because how does he look like that one game, and then the next game he's got a flat stomach? I'm like, was he wearing a suit? Right, not the uh, Doctor Doolittle, Nutty Professor, like a Nutty Professor suit, like a half yeah. a Nutty Professor suit. Like I, I don't understand. Right, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It made it made no um, sense. Somebody showed up. I saw a before and after picture. I'm like, this guy's looking good. But it, but looking it, good. but it wasn't even like you know a few weeks. Like the the before picture was a few weeks ago, and then the the the, uh, the Brooklyn picture was like you know like a few weeks after. It was like. Yeah. You know, two games before, and then this next one. So I'm like, yo, was he like, I don't know, like, was he, what was he doing in his shirt? This doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. But it's funny you bring yeah. up the Vince Carter thing because I, I thought about that when I was, um, you know, when I think about this Harden blockbuster deal, just the way he kind of just gave up on his team. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I still don't think, at least in this century, in the last twenty plus years, I don't think there's anything worse than the Vince Carter thing. I really don't. Like, I agree. I think it's really hard to top that. Like I really do. A- AD comes close. <laughs> AD comes yep. close, especially with his "That's All Folks" shirt last year or the year before. Oh. Like that was yep. pretty bad. But yeah, that Vince one was that one was like the that one was like the Mount Everest, like the the, yep. the peak of Mount Everest of of flaming out on your own team. But it was horrible. It, yeah, that was that was terrible. But I didn't like I said. I think with Harden, it just I just feel like. You know, it's a situation where, again, I mean, he's a superstar, so you're going to get the keys to the house, the car, and everything else. But I feel like this is when you give somebody too much, you know, because, you know, as I mentioned before, like, he got everything that you you could have possibly wanted. Like, everything he asked for, he got, you know, and at, and at the end, he still flamed out like this. I was like, I just, I just didn't like the actions. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, he still got to where he wanted to go. He wanted to play yeah. with with, uh, with Durant and Kyrie, and you know he yeah. pouted his way. He you know he he acted up in practice. Look, when you have Boogie Cousins being the voice of reason in terms of <laughs> <laughs> in, in yeah. terms of explaining away like you know like what James did and stuff, I'm like, and and you were like a thousand percent in agreement with him. You're like, yeah, James, this, this was yeah. pretty bad, but you know, but th- and that's the thing though, right? Like with with the league now, I mean, there's no. It just shows you there's no there's no contract you can't get out of, you know. Right. And, and even if you're a player and you sign a max deal, it doesn't mean you can't be moved. Exactly. You know. So well, I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, yeah, man. Um, 
But he's doing well. He's playing well, like you know, like we knew he would. And I'm happy for him. What, what and, yeah. and, you know? I guess that leads to my next question. What are your What are your thoughts on Brooklyn since the Sarden trade? Like, have you had a chance to, to sit back and at least watch? Of the course, take uh, it in? of course he did. Yes. Why am I asking that? I think I think it's early in the season. They haven't played 20 games yet. It's still early. They haven't played. Um, I think um, I'm still waiting. They need to make some. They got to make another trade. They they need another big. No, they need another. They need defensive press. Well, that's what they, I mean. Like, they, I, I'm sorry. I mean to say, like a like a defensive big. They need. They I don't know. I don't know if they need. Do they do they need another big? Do they really? Um, you have Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, who's like he's six ten, fifty percent right? of what he used to be. But yeah, go ahead though. But, which was what just athletic dunk. So what do you need him to do? You just need him to be a big body against you know when he play against if he play against AD in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Yoke. Well. Not Jokic because he's there in the East. I don't know if they, they just need a. Uh, it could be a big, but they just need. I, I was going to say just a defensive guy or a couple yeah. of guys that could play defense. Um, I hope Steve Nash doesn't follow D'Antoni too much because D'Antoni's not a defensive guy, mm-hmm. and you know we don't want. Um, we definitely don't want them going that route where they don't play no defense. Right, and they're not going to win because defense wins championships. And that's the only way I see Brooklyn that they, if they go up, if they make a defensive effort, a defensive push, they can do it. But I don't know. I don't. I don't. don't I don't see them winning. I see them obviously coming out the East, um, but I don't see them winning up without. Uh, um, actually, I don't know if they come out of the East because really and truly, deep, you know, the playoffs is about defense as well. And so you can put up as much points as you want, but you're going to need to play defense. And so if you go get a, you know, it would be great if they get like a defensive wing and a defensive big, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you don't need any scoring. You don't need any scoring. Yeah, with those they don't need guys. any more scoring. You don't need any scoring with those three guys because, you know, you have, so you take off, um, they take Kyrie and James Harden. You need KD on, right? The second unit, right? KD's lighting them up. Right then, you bring you know you bring you bring let's say Hart uh, Kyrie back right you know and put rest KD Kyrie's gonna light them up yeah then you bring in James Harden with Kyrie right they they go to light them up and then you bring back you know what I mean so you're gonna have one of those guys playing with the second unit or you know you could do it where you have mul- they play multiple guys playing with the second unit at, at different times so um, yeah man. And now if they can get just somebody to play defense, they'll be good. You know, they'll be good. If they get somebody to play defense, they'll be uh or get some players. They don't need to do anything else. So but yeah. The funny thing to touch on your point though is I, I think like I mean I have my reservations about this trade. Not because, you know, they can't work together. I just number one, I'm just I'm just really tired of the super team shit. I, I really am. You know, I, I thought we were going to be, you know, away from this and it, and it wasn't going to be in our lives anymore, at least for a, for a while. I didn't think we were just going to get like a year, like a like almost like a like a gap year from the super team era. <laughs> oh, hell no. That's what, oh, I, that's what I thought. No. That's what I was hoping. But I, I guess that that dream didn't come to be. But it's funny, man. Like it's as much as I hate the inner team. Uh, sorry, the super the super team stuff. I can't look away, man, because <laughs> these first two games. 
Yo, it's exciting as hell. I mean, we just were recording this um, the day after Brooklyn played the, the Milwaukee Bucks, which was a hell of a game. Yeah. It went right down to the wire. But you could see just already how they're working. And, you know, Harden and, and Durant, I mean, they're completely unstoppable. And it, yeah. and, it, and they're more potent than they were when they were together at OKC because Harden at that point wasn't he wasn't even the same player. He was a good nope. he was a good player, really good player, but he wasn't this guy. He wasn't this version of it. Um, exactly. Yeah, like just to touch on what you were saying before, though, with D'Antoni, that's now it's funny with this trade now it's actually a, an an undercover great hire because you're just thinking in terms of offensively, and because he's such a great offensive schemer uh, you know just historically right like having him just mm-hmm. kind of just run the offense um i don't know if nash is going to be you know like running the defense or they have one of the other assistants helping him on the defensive side of it but offensively he like if there's anybody that can figure out how to make these three guys work it's going to be somebody like d'antone at least it doesn't hurt to have him in the, in your hip pocket you know what i mean right Exactly. Like that's that's where I think this trade now. Like thinking about it right now, I'm like that's really it's gonna really gonna work, because you yeah. know you I mean we remember the the seven seconds or left uh, seven seconds or less uh, Phoenix Suns, and the way they scored it was I mean I mean you could put them in today's era and they would score probably even easier now, you know with, exactly. without, without offense. So now you now you're giving somebody not just Nash or, or a Stoudemire and or, or a Marion. Now you're giving him. What three of the top ten players in the NBA right now, and two of the top yep. five in their prime? Yeah. Like, yep. do, do you think it's realistic that they can average about eighty-five points a game between the three of them? Is that a possibility? Yeah, easy. Hmm. Which, easy. which is like, oh, I don't think that's even ever been done. Which is crazy. Yeah, I think I think they could easily do that. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's, I think I think they could easily do that. Let me let me ask you though, like if somebody's gonna take a backseat, is it gonna be Kyrie? Like, do you think Hard runs the offense, and when Kyrie comes back, like he's gonna unmask his inner Mamba or, or even his inner Iverson? Um, I think on the court, Kyrie's fine. It's it's off the court you have to worry about Kyrie. Mm. I don't think you have to worry about any leading guys, any leadership issues that he was having in Boston. You know, getting guys to follow him. Uh, I think with Kyrie, you just have to worry about what he's doing on the court. Yeah, I mean off the court, and I think that's what the concern is for Kyrie. So, yeah, no, I, I just, I just think, yeah, he has to uh, get it together off the court, man. He has to figure out if he wants to play basketball, or if he doesn't want to play basketball. And uh, you know, like Stephen A. said, just retire, man. Like it's you, too you, much for you. To you think is that? Retire. You think is you think is that drastic? I don't think it's that drastic. Cause, I mean, he, he had his press conference today. And I mean, he's, yeah. he's scheduled to play on, you know, to, well, tomorrow against the Cavs. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't. But I don't. I don't know if it's that Calvin, drastic. Calvin, Calvin, it's always something. It's going to something else is going to happen in a couple of weeks when, and then Kyrie Irving is gone again. This is like, it's not like it's 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 one off. Not like it's a one off. It's every m- couple of weeks or a month. Something there's something new happening with this guy. So you can't come to this guy, right? He's, you know, something's going to happen and he's just going to disappear, right? Mentally, off the court. It's not on the court. He's fine on the court. Like, KD's cool, right? KD and, and James Harden are cool. Those are only two guys, right? Everybody else is going to fall in line, you know, behind KD and James Harden. Yeah. So Kyrie doesn't necessarily have to, um, necessarily have to do anything, but it's off the court, right? You know, might see something that happened. Like, 
what set him off? What triggered him? You know, what? Uh, he basically, after the, the insurrection in the United States, January 6th, he saw that, or basically after that, it was like, I don't feel like playing basketball, right? That same day or the day after it happened, and he shut himself down, right? Yeah, because he because he uh, wouldn't he wouldn't say for sure what it was. He just he just all, exactly. he said, all he said was that it was it's a it was like a family and personal matter. But you know that right. could be a lot of things, right? We don't know, right? But that's what he yeah he just said. I don't feel like he, you know they didn't know why he was coming. You know, like if, to me, if it's really and truly a family family and personal matter, that's it's that's what you're gonna tell them. Listen, you know, coach or you know Steve or Sean Marks, listen, man, like. You know this. This and this happened. I can't. Which is what players do. If that's the truth, yeah, that's what you're going to tell people. You're not just going to not say anything and then until after it's like, yeah, just a personal. Like you know, there's a situation that happened at home. You just when you, when you listen to the initial, the initial you know remarks, they're like, you don't know where Kyrie is. You don't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah. Right. So if really was that, it, you know, like if it really legit happened, you'd have really legit said, listen, this is what's going on. Um, but that's not what he did. He just didn't show up. He just disappeared. Right? He needed a break. It's like, come on, man. You're a professional basketball player. Yeah, he he right? waddled. He waddled them. He waddled yeah, them. This is, your, this is your job, dude. You just not show up. Like, this is unprofessional. Right? In any any place else, there's reprimand. Even if you, you know, you might get a blight because, yes, in another, in other job situation, if you're one of the top performers, you know, the, the boss might give you a second chance. But, you know, or, you know, just like what's going on, but you can't just disappear and I don't feel like playing. You know, now when the next CBA is coming up. Yeah, it's going to be nasty. It gives the owners stuff to, to, you know, to, to talk about and like, well, what do we do now when, you know, because you're going to have other guys who are going to try and pull Kyrie because once, you know, it's a copycat league. Once once Kyrie doesn't, somebody else is going to try and pull out. I don't feel like playing. Right? And you have these superstars who just, I don't feel like playing. And in fact, Actually, that was what was happening last year, apparently, with the Clippers, right? Mm. Like, you understand, practice with guys are just like, ah, I don't feel like playing. It's like, come on, man. You're a professional basketball player, right? If you want to make that mon- money, you have to, you know, go out there and perform. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. The old school guys, you, you get paid to play basketball. Go play basketball. You get to rest, you know? Um, yeah, this offseason is short, but normal offseason, you get about four months. You get to relax, chill, enjoy your family. You know what I mean? But your job right now, if you're getting paid millions of dollars, you got to go out there and play, man. Yeah, if you're you like, getting paid 30-something, like 30, $40 million, you're, I mean, you're not the CEO of the franchise, yeah. but you're the, you're, the, you're the CEO of that locker room when it comes to the players. So, like, yeah. the, everything kind of reflects that. Just salary alone, right? It's, yeah. It kind of dictates that you're you're at the forefront yeah. of everything. And I, 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 I agree to that extent. Like, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Kyrie, you know, takes us all in. Like I said, in terms of on the court between the four lines, I have no worries about him at all. Like he's he's honestly way too good to be worried about. Like if he's gonna fit in, he's just too good. Um, but it's just you do wonder. Like I thought his presser was interesting because he was like, you know, he said he's um, he said he went and he received help, and now he's got a lot of mentors and stuff kind of guiding him. And I was like, wow, that's 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 interesting, you know? Because offline I've had com- like conversations with people wondering like if it's not to throw any tags on, on, on a person, but because it was so erratic, you wonder like, if, is it like a mental health issue? You know what I mean? Like, and that's just a serious question. Like I'm not even, it's a serious question. That's because it was just so irregular. You know what I mean? Even for a professional athlete, like you're kind of just like, what is actually happening here? 
yeah. That's the concern. So I, I, I do, yeah, I, I do understand where you're coming from from that aspect of it. Um, I don't know, man. I, like it's, 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 it's a, it's going to be a unique situation because I think it's one of those things where it's like, if it works, you know, if they can, can minimize those distractions to a degree. I mean, you know what's going to happen. They're going to win championships. It's just a matter of when, whether it's this year, next year, next few years, it's going to happen. They're way too good and they're all in their prime for it not to work. You know what I mean? Especially if they can go and get themselves like a like a, a good 3 and D guy or like a defensive player, as, you, as you're saying, you know, like a P.J. Tucker. Well, like that kind of type. I mean, there's other guys out there in the league that could do that role now, but but that that kind of type of player where he doesn't really care about the stats, he just wants to play D. You know, if you can get somebody like that to kind of help kind of shore up your defensive issues, then, yeah, I don't see how they, you know, or or if you can get two guys like that, two role players like that, that's getting quality yeah. minutes, you know, because, I mean, it's funny because I, I don't think he's on our roster right now, but does Brooklyn go after somebody like a, like a RHJ, like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson? Because he's on, he's on waivers, you know what I mean? Would somebody like him work? Because he doesn't care about the stats. He's a hustle guy. Would somebody like him work? Like come back to Brooklyn and, and work in the, in this way? Like it, that would be interesting too, because he is available, you know. And I don't think it's going to cost a lot of money. And they're yeah. way over the cap as it is right now with all with these three max players. So <laughs> that might be something they may, they may want to consider. That's true. Yeah, like I said, it's it's going to be interesting. I think. I, it's funny. I, I think Kyrie's gonna unmask his inner Mamba, his inner Mamba slash AI. Like I, I think he's about to, offensively, he's about to go nuts. Like because <laughs> even some of these games already. I mean he's, I mean he's sharing the ball, but like you know there there was points in the in in some of these games where man he didn't pass the ball for about five six minutes. So if you have somebody yeah. like Harden that's willing to share the ball. You know that that has the ability to share the ball to that degree. I can see him just really unlocking that right there. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, man. Um, I think I, you know, I have Brooklyn Cup with with obviously nobody's beating them. You know, nobody's beating them. You think it's an easy path to the finals? Uh, no. You know, the playoffs is the real season. Um, I don't think it's going to be easy, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think nobody's going to beat them in a seven game series. So the, the I don't. Big, I don't, who, I don't would you, who would you say? Any, is the, I don't see anybody beating them in a seven game series. Who would you say is their biggest threat? Before we go, who would you say is their biggest? Like just looking at the landscape right now, so far in the East, at least, who do you think is their their biggest threat? Boston. Okay. Okay. Why Boston? Yeah. I I just think it's their time. I think Jalen Brown and Tatum are their season now, and they kind of know what to expect. You know what the regular season is about, and they definitely know now know what the playoffs is about. And you know, I just think it's their time. I think they're gonna, um, you know, lock in. You know, they know what it takes. Um, I think they're gonna lock in and get it done. So I just, I just think it's their time. Yeah, and I know they they just uh, got a uh, Kemba back too as well. Say again? No, I said I know they yeah. got Kemba Walker back as well just this past week. Yeah, I was a, you know what. Um, I'm not excited about that. Great, you know, it's like Paul George in the regular season. Great, but what are you doing in the in, a, in the? Uh, I'm always I'm the I'm the real season, the postseason kind of guy. Right. Once you get into the postseason, and then I see what you're about in the postseason, that's what I judge you on. You know what I mean? So yeah. you look great during the regular season. Your team makes the playoffs. Then what are you about? Like with James Harden, like I'll never forget 
2012 when he was a no-show in the NBA Finals against the, against LeBron. Like, if James Harden averaged 10 points, OKC wins that series. James Harden averaged four points. Did he really average four points? Really? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, man. I don't know about four no points, show. but he but he was a no show. I that I agree with. I'm just not sure what the stats were, but I think it was ten points, and if he had averaged maybe four more points, I could have been. I could be, but he yeah. was a no show. He was like, no, oh no, that, yeah, that's a fact. So then, right there, I just started looking at him differently, right? Yeah, I just started looking at him differently, and sure enough, during the playoffs, he hasn't really gotten over that hump. He hasn't really, you know, he's a hit and miss in the playoffs. He's been better, but he's still been a hit and miss. He hasn't been consistent. Yeah. Like he he doesn't deliver in the playoffs, so. They have KD, and you know Kyrie definitely steps up in the playoffs, and so does KD. So, yeah, so um, kind of washes you know? away that that issue for him. It's kind of like you know what it kind of reminds me of. It kind of reminds me of um when um you know in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when uh, when KG and 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 Ray Allen came to Boston because Kevin Garnett, as great as he was, to me in the playoffs or or at the end of games, clutch moments, he was not to me. He was not a great player. At, at the end well, of games, that's why to me, I, as much as I know everybody used to be like, "Who would you take between Duncan or, and Garnett?" I, I was always like, is, "Is Duncan? Like, what are we talking about? Like, it's not even a discussion." And that was part of the reason why, because I used to watch a lot of those Minnesota games, and he used to pass the ball a lot to Zerviak and 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 Troy Hudson, and you know, and and Sam Cassell and these guys at the end of games. So I was like, "Well, yeah. you know, having Paul Pierce and having Ray Allen on your team, that's going to eliminate that for him, just naturally, right?" And yes. I, this is this is kind of the same situation there because you're bringing up OKC, uh, the OKC, um, you know, uh, version of um, of uh, of Harden. But I remember that series against the Clippers when remember they when they're about to lose that series, and then uh, Houston yes. came back and won Game Six. Like he he was done. That game was like he was done. Like he went sat on the floor. That game was over. Remember. He, he was trying to come back in the game, and and I think it was uh, Coach McHale at the time, um, uh, Kevin McHale at the time. He was like, "Nah, <laughs> we're just riding the hot guys. We ain't even bringing you back in." But like he yeah. quit, like he was done. The season was over for him. Like he shut that shit off, you know. Yeah. And like I'll never forget that because he completely just he played like shit, and he was just like, "All right, I'm done. It's over." So he's he's had his playoff flameouts too. So it, like those two guys kind of protect him from that going forward. So you can put up the stats and and you know and he'll still be good, um, right? But it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Boston though, because I'm surprised you didn't mention either Philly or or well, I guess Milwaukee too, right? Nah, nah, Milwaukee. Uh, I love Giannis, but Giannis can't shoot, so no. Mm. So you so you think that's still yeah. gonna bite him in the ass? Well, I think I think okay. honestly, I think what because like I was really interested to see how KD and Kyrie were gonna do just period on their own, but. You're you're adding Harden now. It's like yeah, you know, it's it's almost like an inevitable, you know, yeah, kind of thing. It's yeah. like I'm not saying they can't be beat down the line. I just think this year, unless one of these teams makes a big trade, I just I don't know really and truly who that that other team is going to be to knock them out. Right. Where I was going with you know, not, no shows in the playoffs was also Kemba. Originally was you know I was talking about Kemba mm-hmm. um, with his no show last year. Being in the playoffs for the, I think that was not his first time in the playoffs since he left. Um, yeah, I don't uh, think Charlotte. Yeah, I, th- I think he might have made it maybe like once in Charlotte, and that, it wasn't for long. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it wasn't great. So you know, this guy's a no show. So for me, you know, I want to see guys show up in the playoffs, man. No, we'll we'll see we'll see this where this goes. But I, I'll tell you what. So next week we're gonna come back. Um, 
and just break down the the rest of the early part of the season so far from our favorite rookies, you know, our surprises in terms of biggest disappointing team and player, you know, just everything. We're going to wrap it all up, you know, um, for the next uh, for next week. So we'll save all this information there. But I, like I said, I, I, I didn't want to let this week pass without, you know, sharing our, our Brooklyn thoughts, our Brooklyn way thoughts on uh, on everything that's happening over there. Exactly. All right. So thank you for coming on. We'll uh, we'll chop it up again nope. next week. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to that, buddy. Uh, talk about your Raptors. Oh, talk about some boy. of the, the teams and players who I'm disappointed in. Oh, my God. Oh, there's a list. There's a list. Oh, I know. Who I'm excited about. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, there, there's there's a list. And I, and I know you're happy about your Raptors. I know you are. So. Um, about the Raptors? I'm oh, sorry. About about, about the who? Yeah, about your Raptors. About your your Toronto Bay Raptors. I know you're very happy so to discuss about you, them. I'm happy about the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Bay Raptors. That's right. I'm a Raptor fan. Of course, you're a Toronto Bay Raptor fan. Come on, O'Neal. You're a Toronto. You're a you're a you're a you're a Torontonian man's guy. Come on. We all know. We all know that I'm a bandwagon. <laughs> I'm a bandwagon Raptor fan. If they if they're winning, I'm on the bandwagon. You're, you're, you're parachuting in. Yeah. Only when they're winning, I'm a Raptors fan. I only like winners. My true team is um, the Spurs. So, mm, and, and you know, that's, what's, that's and, he, and, and I and I tell you what, I got some thoughts for them too. But we're gonna save that. Soon, for soon, next soon, week. As, soon as we get, soon as we get rid of, um, what's his face, Lamarcus Aldridge, we're gonna go back to summertime basketball. My theory is, ever since remember summertime basketball, it was called summertime when every team wanted to be like the San Antonio Spurs, the ball movement, how beautiful the basketball was. Because mm-hmm. Popovich took a trip to Serbia, came back and started playing basically European basketball. Yeah. And the ball was just like, pop, 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 pop. The minute they got um, Lamarcus Aldridge, I believe that all stopped. That's my theory. Um, if I had the time, I would examine it more, but I really believe that. No, we can, exam- they- we can examine it next week because they're, they're a team the I, I do they- want to discuss as well, to be honest with you. Yeah, they, they don't play summertime basketball anymore. They don't play that penetrate kick, penetrate kick. The ball just moving, moving, moving. They don't do that anymore, and I think my theory was ever since they got Lamarcus Aldridge, that was a cause of it because Pop wanted to get a, a a player similar to Tim Duncan, right? And while maybe skill wise, but mentally he's definitely no Tim Duncan. So, right. oh well, next week, next week, and um, and he's a free agent too after the end of the season. So the, you you might get what your your heart desires when you're talking about a summertime ball because. He's most actually. I just say most likely he's not signing back with the Spurs, and I don't think the Spurs want him back. So that's where it's going to get interesting. But all right, next week, next week we'll chop it up. Perfect. Thank you for lending me your ears for another episode of the Av Podcast. I appreciate y'all. Thank you once again to O'Neal Kamaka for hopping on the end of the episode with the NBA talk. Now we'll let that segue to next week, where we'll be doing a full blowout of the NBA season so far. We're going to dive into all of it around this time next week, so please look out for that one. We're also going to break down the Super Bowl the week after as well. Uh, Plus, we make our selections for the NFL Awards. That one, once again, will be on Super Bowl week. Um, A new episode of The Stoop will also be available on February 2nd, exclusively on the South Sharav YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Do so once we're done here, all right? And for you new listeners, make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe to all of the shows on South Sharav Radio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
And to dive deep into the rest of my catalog, make sure you check out SouthShareAve.com. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. For Roger Callender and O'Neill Kamaka, this is Cal C. And you've just tuned into the Av Podcast on South Shore Ave Radio. Until the next podcast, folks, peace. We out. Have a great weekend.